the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. Friend, get right in the center of Jesus and your spirituality and you will have calmness. There may be a storm whirling around you. You can't stop that storm, but you can rest in Jesus and He can give you peace. He can give you calm at the center. On today's Healing Word, we're beginning a three-part series based on two events found in Matthew chapter 14, where we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and later that evening, walking on water to meet the disciples who were in a boat struggling against a strong storm. Pastor Jack Morris will walk us through these miraculous events and demonstrate the practical application of these events in our lives. So let's go hear today's message, Calm at the Center. There are many things that will disturb our calm, many things. And we don't know when those, one of those many things are coming. And one of those many things may have already disturbed your calm this morning. But I'll tell you one that can calm the troubled sea. His name is Jesus. Can you say Jesus? Jesus. He's the one. He's the one. Friend, there's things that are happening that, that are beyond our control. So many things. For instance, I can't control the weather out here. Today it's raining. And tomorrow the sun's going to shine. Isn't that something? And it all happens, and we have to stand back and let it happen and watch it happen. Well, there are things like that going on in our lives. We never know from moment moment to moment. So we're going to look this morning at the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, and then we're going to look at the disciples out on the sea straining at the oar. Now, it all happened within a matter of hours, Friend, it can turn out beautifully. Like yesterday, there were, in the morning at least, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Today, the sky is full, filled with clouds. That's life. And as old as we are, we still have a difficult time understanding that life is like that. But the Lord's going to help us. So may God's blessing be upon the reading, the hearing, the receiving of his holy word. Now, Jesus first feeds the 5,000. Let me give give you a little bit of background. I'll go through it as quickly as I can, but not too quickly that you miss it. 5,000. Where did those 5,000 come from? Where did they find Jesus? Why were they there? Well, here's the background. Jesus sent 70 disciples out, two by two. The 12 were along with that group of 70 They went out healing and blessing and casting out demons. They returned and they were just so elated that 
All of these things were happening. I, I mean, they were celebrating their success. Jesus listened to them brag and celebrate their success. And then he said basically this. He said, gentlemen, you're celebrating the wrong thing. Not your success in spiritual things, but celebrate because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, friend, you may never cast out a demon, lay hands on the sick and heal the sick, but you can celebrate exactly what the disciples celebrated, exactly what Jesus encouraged them to celebrate, that our names are written in the book of life in heaven. We can celebrate that. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It, it, it was tremendous. Well, at that time, Jesus' first cousin, John the Baptist, that was his first cousin, the one who had baptized him in Jordan. At that time, King Herod decapitated Jesus' first cousin. You know, it's difficult when it gets into the family, isn't it? And you have to stand back and you can't do anything about it. I mean, it was a sad day. The disciples came in celebrating. Jesus said, you're celebrating the wrong thing. And then his first cousin had his head cut off, decapitated. All because he told the truth. All because John the Baptist told the truth. You see, what happened was John the, uh, the Baptist told King Herod, Herod, you are wrong in living with your sister-in-law. You stole your brother's wife. You know, the Bible has a whole lot of things to say about sex. And sometimes I, I, I have to be very careful because people have various ideas about sex, uh, man and woman relationships. Uh, um, and, and so, but it's what Jesus says. It's not what I feel, uh, but it's what the word of God has to say. So here is Jesus in this predicament. And he says to those disciples, he said, Let, let's take a break. You know, everybody needs a break once in a while, right? He said, let's take a break. Let, let me read it here in, this, in the scripture. He said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Even disciples, even Jesus, even you, all of us need some rest. So they, they got in a boat. They went across the lake. They went up on a mountain, low humidity, quiet. They got some rest. Well, the people of the towns heard that Jesus and the disciples were up there. Jesus and those men who had cast out demons and had healed the sick. And they didn't cross the lake. They went, the people went around the lake and 5,000 men gathered there with Jesus, not counting women and children. There were a lot of people there. And he didn't even have a public address system. He didn't have new microphones <laughs> to talk to them. But all day long... Because he felt that they were like sheep without a shepherd. He said he had compassion on them. And all day long he taught them. You know, I've never preached a sermon all day long. Now, I preached one not too long ago. And I found out somebody told me. And I checked it out. I preached a 45-minute sermon. Can you believe that? And all of you were anxious to get out of here. <laughs> Jesus preached all day long. His voice never gave out. They never got tired. And at the end of the day, Jesus said to the disciples, hey, you better give them something to eat. These people must be hungry. 
And they said, how? Who? Why? Under what conditions? They had five loaves and two fish. And Jesus fed them. Well, the day was over. It was a great day. It was a holy day. It was a miracle, miraculous day. Five loaves and two fishes. My, what a day that must have been. Well, then Jesus told the disciples, he said, you get in a boat and you go on, get out of here. You cross the lake. You go over to Bethsaida. I'll stay behind and I'll dismiss the crowd. Well, do you know that crowd wanted to, by force, make Jesus king? They wanted to do that because Jesus had fed them. Now, think about it. You know, when your stomach is full, you feel pretty good, right? They all had full stomachs. And if they thought, well, I can make him king, I'll never have to work another day in my life. He'll feed me. It'll be miraculous. What a life this is going to be. You know, know, some people are even disappointed with the Christian life. (laughs) They prayed prayers and their prayers aren't answered. Well, Jesus disappointed them. He said, I'm not going to allow you to be a freeloader. And live off of me and not work. You're not going to do that. I'm going to dismiss you and let you go and get you out of here so you can go back home. Well, I call that the calm before the storm. Everybody thought, hey, this is miraculous. And indeed it was. But there's a storm on the horizon. Friend, you never know what's up ahead. We never know. So Jesus said to the disciples, 12 of them, it had to be a pretty good-sized boat, told them to get out on the lake, and he sent them on their way. Jesus stayed behind. Verse 48, if you have your Bibles open, let me read it to you. When evening came, verse 47, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land, verse 48 now, he saw the disciples straining at the oars, Because the wind was against them. Friends, sometimes you're going to buck a headwind. And that's exactly what was going on. How the disciples, I'm sure they were wondering, how could we have such a wonderful miracle on the mountain with this miraculous Savior? And now here we are in a fierce storm. And these disciples, strong men, sailors, they had been in many storms before. But this storm was the fiercest of the fierce. They thought they were going to die, and they were frightened. Strong men. That's when Jesus walked on the water, and Peter walked on the water. That's not the part I'm going into today. The part I want you to hear. Listen to me. You must, you, you must get this point I'm going to give you now. Jesus saw them straining at the oar. Some of you are straining at something to get something done, to get something fixed, to resolve something. This is what I want you to get. This is what Jesus wants you to get. He saw the disciples. He sees you straining at what you're doing and getting nowhere. Friend, what you need is what they needed. They needed Jesus. We need Jesus also. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation.
the Largo Community Church continues to worship on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. by way of live streaming. If there was ever a time when we need the church and the Christians need one another, it's now. To view the live streaming worship, go to the church's website, largocc.org, that's L-A-R-G-O-C-C.org. Click on Watch Live on Sundays and let's worship the Lord together. L-A-R-G-O-C-C dot org. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. Jesus was on the mountain. He kept his eye on the disciples. He saw them straining at the oar from living and enjoying a miracle into a fierce storm. How quickly things change. I'm sure I must be repeating some things. It was about seven, eight years ago. We got up, Trent and I, there alone in the house, and had our breakfast. A beautiful day. Everything was going fine. And uh, we were getting dressed to go out. I was upstairs. She was still down in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, I heard the loudest, balloon. I thought, what on earth? It sounded like the refrigerator fell over. I went down, there she was on the floor. Took her over to Bowie, uh, to the emergency. The doctor came out and he said, her brain is bleeding. And if it doesn't stop, we may lose her. El helicopter came, took her down to Prince George's Community Hospital. I was in a daze. I, didn't, I mean, everything started so beautifully that morning. Friend, things change quickly. And the only thing that we can be sure of in this life, and that is, everything's going to change and keep on changing. Change is the only thing that we can predict. Julia James fell and broke her hip. I was able to leave Corinne. They they told me that the other day her legs gave way again. Down she went. Didn't crack her head. But we had to get the ambulance to take her down to the hospital. Uh, at at uh, Anne Arundel Medical Center and spend a day and a half and a night down there. And so Rebecca came up and, and then uh, uh, she stayed with her. And uh, Percy, who sings with the men, called. You know, when somebody calls, they're, they're hoping, I know they are, that, that I'm going to come. And I was able. I got over to the hospital, anointed Julia, prayed with her, and uh, been working with uh, uh, Peggy Menace in Florida. Uh, every few days, Peggy is holding in there. She's a great lady, a woman of faith. Uh, uh, then Don Isinger, he passed, and Phil Mazzo on his way, or he and Sharon and PJ are down in, in North Carolina. I did tell Kay, I said, Kay, I can't make it. I just can't make it. I got, she knew I had the whole church to take care of, and the the doctors told me, he said, don't you ever let, leave Corinna home. Not one time, not never again by herself. Friend, you never know. You never know when things are going to change. If we could only know and do something and stop the change. But we can't. Nobody can do that. Nobody. It just happens. She's doing fine. Thank God. I'm going to take her out for lunch after church. So. 
when we get in the car, her first words was, where are we going for lunch? <laughs> She's still eating. <laughs> Can everybody say praise the Lord? I remember I was pastoring that little church in Baltimore. We had, if we had 85 people on Sunday morning, we had a crowd. That was a beautiful little church and stained glass windows. Uh, it was a historic site. And five years. I had finished uh, about 26 graduate hours over at Maryland. And there was a program up at NYU, New York University, I wanted to have. And so I, I'd already finished my theological education at that time, uh, that, that part of it at least. And so I, I wanted that, that degree in education. And so uh, I went to NYU one day a week, took nine hours that afternoon and evening, caught the bus and come back to Baltimore, got back in Baltimore about two in the morning, did that for two and a half years. And then I could, summer came and I was able to finish and not get on that bus, spend all that money and all that energy. But I was young and healthy and ready to, ready to do whatever needed to be done. But it was summertime, and I could go up there and, and go to the, uh, the, the seminary and, uh, dorm and have a private room and uh, finish it off, and everything was fine. Corinne and uh, one of the ladies of the church drove me up to New York, and we unpacked everything. And, oh, you talk about being happy. Woo, it's just about over now. Just about over now. And uh, went to bed that night, went... Got up, went to class the next day, went to bed the next night. Next morning, the phone rang. Corinne telling me my 26-year-old sister and her husband had just been killed on the Baltimore Beltway. I needed to come home. I gathered everything I could gather and some of the things I couldn't gather. I got the train, went, got back in Baltimore again. Said, One day I'm happy on top of the world. The next day, death struck big time in a big way and two little children in the back seat one had the spleen taken out that the little boy had a plate had to be put in his head but both of his parents in the front seat were killed friends let me tell you something things are happening you need a relationship with Jesus and you need to keep that relationship up to date <laughs> you can't wait until something happens, and then say, oh, Lord Jesus. No. Jesus, oh, how sweet the name. Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim his worthy praise forever. Hallelujah. Oh, how sweet the name. We've come this far by faith, and we're going to go the rest of the way the same way, by faith. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 7, 27, He, the Lord Jesus, is not far from each of us, for in Him we live and move and have our being. Oh, the disciples, hey, He's way up there on the mountain. We're way down here. Does anybody know where we are? Anybody see us? Yes. He's watching and he's coming. Oh, and I read that part. Let me get to that part. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. 
He was about to pass the by. Friend, don't let Jesus pass you by today. Don't do that. He's here to bless. But he'll pass you by if you don't ask for him to come. If you don't really have that yearning desire. If you don't acknowledge, Lord, I can't fix this situation. I can't fix my attitude. There's a storm going on inside my heart. And I can't quiet that storm. I looked at the, the radar on the screen. And I saw the storm coming into the Caribbean. And it was whirling and whirling and whirling. But right in the center, there was the eye of the storm. And there was a calm. Friend, get right in the center of Jesus and your spirituality. And you will have calmness. There may be a storm whirling around you. You can't stop that storm. But you can rest in Jesus. And he can give you peace. He can give you calm at the center. But look to him. He's the one that can do it. Let the winds blow and the waves dash. Your house is built on the rock, not on the sand. And when the storms come, your house will stand. Oh, I've seen so through the 48 years I've been here, I've seen people come and I've seen them go. And I've looked for them and I call them and I go after them. And some, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. Some of them never come back. I don't know how people live without Jesus. I'm going to live in victory because I'm going to live with Jesus. And he's calling you. He told me to tell you. He sees you. He sees you straining at the oar. Wearing yourself out to fix something that you can't fix and never be able to fix. Only humility will lift you up. Only as you come down. Whirlwind may be going on around you and that may not calm but you can have peace at the center, calmness at the center. Because when the Prince of Peace is there, he's the King of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. There's no peace without him, but there is peace with him. Let Jesus come. And now I've got to close, or I'm going to preach another 45-minute sermon. <laughs> Jesus got in the boat. Did you see that part? Immediately. He spoke to them and said, I'm down, I'm writing at verse 50 now. He said, take courage. Can you say those words, take courage? courage. When you take something, when somebody hands me like this book, they hand it to me and I reach out and take it. Friend, you're going to have to reach out and take faith and take the word of God. Take courage. Come on, reach out. and We're going to pray in just a moment. Reach out by faith and say, Lord, I need to take you into my boat into my home, into my house, into my job, into my finances. Wherever the wind and the waves are dashing, reach out today. Hear hear him. He says, it is I. Have you ever heard anything sweeter than that? It is I. Don't be afraid. Now notice verse 51. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed You know, God wants to amaze us with a blessing. Completely amaze us. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood. Friend, you don't have to know what's going on in your life right now. You don't need to know what started it all. All you need to know, the one who can bring calm to the center. 
That's all you need to know is Jesus. Our experiences in life can be patterned after what we learned from today's message. In one moment, we're amazed and filled with praise over an event like Feeding the 5,000. And just a few hours later, we find ourselves caught in a terrific storm with no hope of making it through. But there is hope in Jesus. Just as there was for the terrified disciples, if we simply reach out to Him in prayer and unburden your heart and ask for His help. He's there with you right now, so I invite you to go to Him. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. When you contact us, Pastor Morris will return a note of thanks and will lift your name up in prayer to God with heartfelt thanks and appreciation. Be sure to tune in to WAVA tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.